before we get into today's message, I want to kind of share a couple of things with you about Northwood Church and, and kind of bring things into perspective of what we are doing. Um, you know, we as a church, we exist to help people know God. If you take everything that we do and everything that we're doing and, and all of the vision and everything, it's all built around helping people encounter Jesus and get to know God. God. Are y'all with me on that, right? I mean, that's, that's what we do, okay? We, we do that by uh, creating environments where people can connect with God, whether it be services like this one, okay, whether it be small groups where you can get to know people and, and get to know God and be discipled in your faith, or, or whether it's uh, by joining a team, all right, not only to serve people, but also to, to get to know people, okay, build relationships. Uh, we have these different venues and these different containers in, in which we we want to help people know God. And, you know, in, in order to continue to do that, we believe that the best way to affect communities and to ultimately affect South Mississippi for Jesus is to continue to plant more locations. Okay, that's, that's, like, that's what we believe deeply. Everything that we do as a church, even the missions organizations that we support, is to help start new churches, n- new communities where people can get to know God, right? You're with me on that? I mean, that's where everything goes. That's what it's all about. And so I want to encourage each and every one of you to not only understand that, but to also include yourself into that vision. Okay, this mission that we're in, the great commission Jesus left us with, and this is how we carry this out. And so next steps, the class that you just saw is, is a big part of that. Uh, for a long time, many of you might have heard about Growth Track. All right, it's a four-week class. We've, we've basically combined all of that into one week called Next steps. It's about 45 minutes, and this is what it is. It's, it's who we are, what we're doing, and how you can be a part. And, and we believe that if you would go through this class, that you would understand where we're coming from, why we're doing what we're doing, but, but also the key component of you being involved in that process, okay? There's not this ambiguous group of people somewhere that's making all of this happen, okay? It's, it's us, like all three locations, every single one of us, we are together creating this, this body, this local body, and us together, we work together to carry out this mission of helping people meet Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't been through Growth Track, or maybe you missed, you know, two or three of them, and, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, I needed to catch up, look, just go hit up this one, this one class, and, uh, and you'll have everything that you need to know in order to, uh, to move forward with that. So, uh, so I want to encourage you with that. One other thing before we get going is uh, tonight is impact. And uh, you guys, again, you just saw that. But, but look, parents, can I speak to you real quick about impact? Like, I know that there's a whole lot of things that you could do on Sunday nights, okay? And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things, okay? You get done with church, you go, it's nap time. And I understand that. And I, I know, right? It's like, it's like 4.30, and you roll over in bed because that's where you take Sunday afternoon naps, right? I mean, you're in bed, the fan, the, the AC's down low. And it's like, ah, uh, maybe we can just not go. <laughs> like not, I'm not going to take them tonight. You know? I want to encourage you to, to get out of bed, all right? Like I know you had a big lunch and, and you're tired. Bring your kids to impact, all right? Now, now as a person, I grew up in church. And I want to let you know that some of the friendships that I began, just friendships, if I'm just talking about person to person, were some of the friendships that sustained me and my faith and my walk with God through those years. And a lot of those friendships I still have today, all right? And, and yeah, it's a sacrifice, 
But I wanna encourage you to continue to bring your kids to impact. Small group is, is basically every single week and, and then we have impact nights once a month. Bring your kids out there. They're going to have a blast, but also they're going to get to know God and get to know some people that are like-minded in in their walk with God as well. And so I want to encourage you with that, okay? So all three locations are meeting here in Gulfport tonight, and uh, it's going to be a blast. It's 90s night, which I'm going to be honest with you, I'm 33 years old. And uh, I think this is the first time in my life personally that I've experienced my actual lifetime being considered like this retro throwback thing. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, no, like, I remember that. It was kind of cool, actually. Like, currently, legitimately cool. Now it's like, oh, my gosh, 90s. Like, yeah, it's so bad. I mean, I know it's it's rough style, but... Saw a guy, he was... (laughs) probably like 15 and he was walking up some stairs at this, this place I was at and uh, he had like khaki shorts on like almost looked like cargo shorts you know like which I'm sorry if some of you still wear those but um, anyway uh, <laughs> whoops anyway and then he had white socks pulled up like all the way up like way up here with Nike checks on them and and like I looked and like I had ankle socks on like no shows like you don't you don't want to see socks right like that's it's not cool anymore now it's cool to like have the, anyway, so I'm going through a little bit of a crisis. It's my first time, so bear with me. But it's 90s night, so uh, some of you parents, look, help your kids out. Just go back in the closet, grab what you got, hand it to them, say, this is it. I haven't bought new jeans since 1993, so it's cool. It's just here you go. <laughs> sorry, if, sorry if that hit home for any of you. <laughs> just, just whatever, but, uh, but yeah. So come on, look. We are starting a new series this month, and it's called Change, okay? It's called Change, and last month we talked about questions. That was our, that was basically the theme that went throughout the whole month, and, and I'm not going to begin to try to recap all of what we talked about. It was a lot of information. I would encourage you, however, to go back and watch and, uh, and refresh. There was a lot of questions that we answered, or we started scratching the service about, and uh, I think it's important for all of us to have uh, some, some understanding in those areas, but here's, here's the thought of this month. We talked about faith last Sunday. Now, the thing about faith is whenever your faith is put in God, okay, and when you believe in Jesus, there is something that takes place on the inside of you where you are, the Bible talks about being born again. Uh, right now, we're in the book of John, the one-year Bible, and, and that's actually what Jesus was talking about, being born of the Spirit. And when that happens, there's a lot of things that change, Okay, and that's what this month, that's what we're talking about. So today, I'm going to kind of be like, like, you know, kind of cracking the door to the subject. Um, I'm not going to get into a lot of specifics, but I want to kind of have this this umbrella understanding where we're all on the same page about what change looks like and why it's important that we are in this process called change. So uh, I got a question, though. Whenever you're going on a trip, let's say that you plan to go on this trip, what are you actually excited about in the trip? Like, think about it. Like, we're going on this trip. What are you really excited about? You're excited about the destination. Okay, you're excited about where you're going. Okay, and there's this decision point where you're like, we're going to go on a trip, Disney World, or whatever, the beach, (laughs) depending on where your budget's at. And uh, (laughs) your kids have no idea. It's fine. Like, just drive around for a long time and act like you got to the beach and they're like three hours away. No, it's a block. But, um, right? So you make this decision to go on this trip, but you're really excited about the destination, not necessarily 
the journey. The journey is the part that sometimes we get a little annoyed with. Uh, this past week, we went to Birmingham, uh, and we went to a leadership conference, a few of us. And whenever we made the decision to go to the conference, it's like, yes, this is going to be awesome. We get to go and experience some, some great speakers. It's going to be a good thing. And, um, and, and then we're excited about the destination, obviously, to get there. However, we rode in a Chevy van that... It just said express on the back of it. And I don't know why they put express. They should have put pain or something because this was horrible. First of all, they have no handles anywhere. I mean, it's like bare bones. I think one of us said we're riding in a cargo van right now, okay? <laughs> the further back to the van you got, the higher that you would like bounce whenever you would hit a bump. We hit the first speed bump coming out of the parking lot and like my sister was in the back, Carrie, Carrie said, she goes, she goes, oh my gosh, no, no. <laughs> like this is not, no. Five hours later, she's just like, ugh, you know. <laughs> the journey was not so exciting. There was a lot of ups and downs <laughs> and, um, and it, it was bad, okay? Don't rent those vans. Hopefully they get rid of them quickly. However, the decision to, to go was awesome, and, and the destination was great, but the journey, the, the in the meantime, is difficult. And you know, in our walks with God, there's the moment that we choose to follow Jesus. There's this salvation moment, this, this moment where we are justified in Christ. It's awesome, it's great, and it's, but we're starting something. And the destination, of course, is what the Bible refers to as glorification, where it's heaven, Come on, we're going we're gonna to be with God and, and there's not going to be any pain and sorrow and, and this great destination. But in the meantime, we're in this, this gap called sanctification. And this is where this thing of change is taking place. It's not always so easy and it's not always so exciting. You're going to hit speed bumps where you slam your head into the ceiling, right? I mean, it's, there's going to be those moments where you're just not really understanding. But, but today, I want to hopefully bring you some hope in the process and give you some perspective in it because it's important that we continue to change. Now, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, this is what it says. And this is kind of our text that we'll use throughout the month. It says, so all of us who have had that veil removed... All of us who are believers, who have, have seen the gospel and seen Jesus for who he is and has believed, right? Believers, we can now see and reflect the glory of the Lord. When the veil's out the way, you can see Jesus for who he is, right? And then you can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, all right? God is a spirit. He makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The scripture has so many different facets. If you look at it from different angles, it's, it's all of us believers. We've had that veil removed. We can see so that we can reflect. If you can't see who he is, then you can't reflect who he is, right? But he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his image. And this is the statement that I want to make to you this morning is that when we meet Jesus... We are changed, all right? When we meet Jesus, we're changed. In the Bible, every time that someone encountered God or encountered Jesus, they were changed into something different, into someone different. 
And it's really because their identity and their perspective of life was changed. If you really look at it, a lot of them actually, their names were changed. Not just their perspectives and, and the way that they saw life, but God would change their name. You know, if you read, go back and read about Abram, when his name was changed to Abraham, the, Abram was the father, the exalted father, and it, that's a good name. But whenever God encountered him, he said, Abraham, I've got a lot more for you than just father. I want you to understand that you're going to be the father of nations, the father of a multitude. A lot of times we're excited about just where we're at and what we see, and we're like, this is great. And God's like... Yeah, I got a little bit something more for you than that. Abraham's identity was changed whenever he encountered the promise of God. Saul, his name was changed to Paul. And we've, we talk a lot about Paul because his story is so powerful. But, but Saul was persecuting Christians, all right? He was the guy that was arresting and killing Christians uh, because he was a Jew and he believed in what he believed in. And one day God encountered him on a road and, and b literally blinded him. All right, and said, Paul, why are you, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, Paul's perspective was changed in that moment, and actually his name was changed to Paul, which means humble, <laughs> which I think is funny. You know, it's like God just kind of did a 180. But this is what happened. Paul came out of that season, came out of that time, and his whole life was changed. His perspective in life was changed so much that he became an advocate for the very thing that he was a critic and a skeptic of. It was this perspective change. But our identity and our perspective in life is changed whenever we encounter Jesus. And many of you have experienced that, where you felt like you were living life this direction, and you had this moment where you, you said, I'm going to follow Jesus, and it was like a 180. Some of you woke up the next day, and it was like the, the sky is bluer, right? Like the sun is shining brighter. It's just you saw clearly. Why? Because the veil has been removed. You're no longer living in your old identity and your old perspective. You, the Bible says you're created. You're a new creation. Something different has taken place. So now you're in this process of change. And again, change sometimes is difficult. All right? I, I think that Paul had some difficulties coming back into a, uh, a, a new perspective in life. I think that there were some people who didn't quite understand why Paul looked and sounded so different. Think about all the guys that he was running with whenever he comes back and he's like, all right, guys, I know I've been like killing all these people with you and like imprisoning them, but, but like now I actually believe in what they're talking about. Can you imagine the awkwardness in that moment? How many of you got saved or, you know, right, you start in this process of change and you went to your old friends and they're like, oh, you got religion. Oh, right, you know, come on. I know, I know uh, uh, Pastor Casey's up at Wiggins today and, and I, I've heard his story enough to know that whenever he, he showed back up on the scene after his, uh, his transformation experience, people were like, you're not the same guy. You're not, you're, not the, you're not the same guy that I, you know, I did everything that we were doing with back in the day. Something was different. It was change that took place. But there's really two types of change, and we all know there's short-term and there's long-term change. Some people call it fake change or real change. Uh, I think that's kind of extreme because, you know, change is a process. And sometimes we get in the process of change and in the short term, we're excited about it, but man, all of a sudden, we begin to realize that this process of sanctification is long and it's difficult. And sometimes we, maybe we stop changing 
But there's short-term change and there's long-term, long-term change. And, and long-term change is a process and it's difficult, right? It's sort of like working out. For all of us, again, I always, I, lo- I always like to think this, and I wish I could have you raise your hand, but I don't want to do that and embarrass anyone, because I love New Year's resolutions, and I think it's so awesome how we've, we make these New Year's resolutions to just like, I'm going to drop, you know, like 75 pounds by February, and it's unrealistic, but we're excited about it, you know, and, and then we fall off the, the train, and we actually gain weight instead, you know, it's, it's, it's this whole thing. For me, it looks like, um, it looks like I'm going to start working out, and and I do it for literally two mornings, and then it doesn't happen anymore. But yet I, I keep paying the bill because that's, you forget every month to cancel it. And so you just support local business, right? Um, <laughs> that's what happens. But when you work out, unless you see results or like you have this expectation of the results you're supposed to see, what happens? You get frustrated. You could be like the guy that I was watching the other day on TV, and uh, what he decided to do is just forego all of the working out and all of that and actually just begin to get muscle implants. <laughs> yes, <laughs> muscular implants. <laughs> it looks awkward, but um, it'd be like me just all of a sudden one day showing up and having this giant bicep. <laughs> just one, because I'm still have a GoFundMe account for the other. <laughs> you know? Like, what's up with all the GoFundMes for like normal life things? Like, you know, like I'm saving money for a 70 inch TV. Help me fulfill my dreams. I'm like, I don't understand. It's, anyway, uh, has nothing, I'm not going to go down that road. It has nothing to do with what we're doing today. But he got muscle implants. Why? Because it's easier, I think. I mean, it's surgery, but that's neither here nor there. A lot of money, just throw money at it. Let me get the quick fix and then move on. Versus, guess what? Actually going through the process of gaining strength. Gaining strength. Long term, a lot of people when they see the long term change or the, the journey, right? The van with the bad suspension, they don't like the way it rides. They're like, man, I'll just go back. So what the Israelites did. They get into Egypt or they come out of Egypt and at some point they were all saying, Man, at least back in Egypt, we had food to eat. Like, at at least it it was easier. Instead of realizing that the destination, the promised land, that's where God was bringing them. And that journey was going to be difficult, but it was going to be worth it. Change. Change is difficult, but it's worth it. But in this process, you can begin to fall into the trap of feeling like you don't need to change. Come on. Right? I'm justified, saved by grace, but I'm good. And now I'm okay. And now, like, I'm getting into heaven. So, therefore, like, the whole process, how about I just, like, forego that and just shortcut that and just, just wait for heaven? And I'm not here today to tell you that, that you won't get into heaven. I'm not here to, to say that. But I am here to tell you and read to you what the scriptures say about how our lives should look and how it should progress and what change should look like, right? Titus 1.16 says this, that they claim to know God. There's people who claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. So what's coming out of their mouth is this one claim, says, I know God and I believe in God, but their actions 
by their actions, they deny him. And this is where we kind of get a little bit like sketchy. We love talking about justification. We love talking about grace. But when we start talking about our actions and what we say and our actions actually lining up, it's where we start getting a little bit edgy. Am, am I right? It's okay. I do too. I do too. I'm with you. Right? Because it, it's, it starts checking you in a deeper level. Our actions should support our claims. It really should. If we say that we believe in God, we believe in what the word of God says, we believe in Jesus and what he did for us, then our actions should support our claims. Are y'all with me on that? Y'all agree with that? Long Beach, does somebody over there agree? Because there's just a couple over here that do. You know, I could, <laughs> could use some more support. <laughs> I don't know. It should, right? And then it goes on in James 2.14 says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? What a big question. Have you ever asked if your faith is the kind of faith that can save you? Our actions should support our claims. But actions alone, they don't save us, but they do point to our faith, which does. You see, a lot of people, and this is where religion and our humanity gets into play when we start talking about changing and, and being made into the image of Christ, is a lot of people, and I know that we say this a lot, but it's so important that we remain uh, uh, accurate in our understanding of this process. So many people, they take a scripture like this and they say, hey, you need to act a certain way. And whenever you start acting a certain way, that's whenever you, you are justified, okay? They, they, it's like this sanctification before justification, the journey before the decision type of, type of lifestyle. And the thing about that is that's really what we refer to as religion. It's doing a lot of rules without a relationship. And that's no good. However, there is a need that our actions, how we act, does actually begin to change, right? Begins to, begins to progress into something different than who we are without Christ. There is this process, there is this progression. If we truly believe what we believe, there should be a, a process or a, a progress out of darkness into light. I wanna encourage with that. Now, what should our actions look like? Because I think that's where a lot of people also get off. It's like, I believe in what you're saying. I'm with you. So what do I do? And this is where a lot of people want the rules. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Let's be honest. We actually do like rules a lot of times. We do like, I mean, certain personalities at least. Like, tell me what to do. Give me a task list. I would really love to have a task list that I could check off each one every day. You know, pray for 15 minutes. Check. Yes. You know? How many of you, you got the version uh, or the Bible app on your phone and you get the streaks going, right? And you're like, yes, streaks. I, I only read two words out of that verse, but my streaks continued. You know, <laughs> like, kind of missed the point a little bit. But, um, but it's so important that, that we're, we're following an example. And that example is Jesus. And this is what he says in John 13, 15. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. 
the example that we are changing into, the, 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 the person that we're looking at to model our life as is Jesus. He is the example. He said, hey, do as I have done, right? Like do, do that as I do. Now, now, this is what I want to say to you today. Is that the gap between our beliefs and our actions should shrink as we model our lives after the example of Jesus. It really should. I'm not here today to tell you that, that like, I mean, everything that the Bible says, if you're not like doing every single thing that you are far from God and that's it. No, no, but I am saying this, that, that over time, as you, as you come closer to God, as you draw nearer to him, his light begins to illuminate things in your life that you are not okay with, right? And, and, and you begin to see the gap between what the word of God says and the example that Jesus set for you and where you're at. And let me also explain something to you. You're never fully done with that process. Never done. There's no arrival point, okay? Now, I'm not saying this from a place of guilt, like you're not where you need to be and you need to attain and blah, blah. No, I'm saying that as we know Jesus and as we follow him, we desire to be more like him. It's natural. It's not forced. You all with me? Yeah. Understand what I'm saying? Okay, so, so it's this progression, but Jesus is the example. And it's so important that we continue to follow this example. And I want to let you know that this, this, that Christianity isn't something you do, but it's someone that you know and follow. Okay? The other day, uh, I was talking to my, my daughter. I think, we were at the, I think we were eating dinner or something. And... Um, I can't remember how we got there. This is going to sound super like spiritual. Like we're a family who has conversations like this all the time around the dinner table. We don't. Usually it's about, I don't know, bodily functions or something like that. But that's neither here nor there. We're sitting there and, and, and I, I started talking to her about Christianity. And I said something about believing in God. And, and it was, if you believe in God, you're a Christian. And, and, and then I said, well, do you believe in God? And she was like, yes. And then like, I almost said, well, you're a Christian, but like, here's the deal. It's gotta be something. It, she's not born into Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Like just because me and her mom are Christians doesn't just naturally make her a Christian. Why? Because what makes her a Christian is who she knows and follows. And she's gotta know and follow Jesus, right? And, and, and I think sometimes we get caught up in this thing of, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. But it's more based upon like what we do, like our doing versus our being. Our doing versus our believing. And we can't mix those up. Jesus set an example. He knew the Father. And he's calling us to live a life exactly like this. Now, this is where it's so important that we actually know who we're following. That we're actually keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, right? That we're keeping our gaze set upon him. And to be honest with you, our lives basically are just like one big follow the leader game. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, we are, we're following the lead. We're following the leader. And so, so I wanted to do something to explain, it, explain this to you. We're going to play a giant game of follow the leader. And I want everybody to stand. No, we're not going to do that. For the next 15 minutes, we're going to play a game. All right. 
This isn't NC Kids. But um, we are going to do something. I, I want to show you this, all right? So you all ready? All three locations, we, we are going to play a small game of follow the leader. And, and, and this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to clap together. You guys are going to watch me, and we're going to clap. So all three locations, every single person. If you don't clap, if you're the person next to them, like big elbow jab. Just, just <laughs> make sure the bones just like, oh, you better clap your hands. We're playing follow the leader. All right, so all three locations. Look, put your hands up like this. Come on. You can do it. Do it. Interaction. Some of you didn't clap during worship, so I'm getting you during the sermon. All right. So we're all going to clap together, right? This is going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be like a slow clap type thing. Ready? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Come on. Isn't the slow clap the best? I promise you, like, every now and then we come out of a meeting and it's just like we're in this hallway and it's like echoey. I'm just like, yeah. It's always awkward when nobody claps with you, though. You're just like, you ever been at, like, back in the day, the hockey game, you know, Seawolves and all that, we just do that, like, and nobody follows you? And you're just like, cool, cool. <laughs> Sit down, move on. What happened? Everybody is looking at the same person. And we're all clapping our hands in unison, and it makes sense. Now, I want to do something else. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. If anybody doesn't close their eyes, it'll be very obvious. So, all right. Even if you're watching online, close your eyes. All three locations. Don't fall asleep, though. Don't fall asleep. Hopefully, you woke up whenever we clapped. But here's the deal. I want you to follow my lead, all right? All right, everybody's eyes are closed. Follow my lead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty decent. I was hoping you guys wouldn't be that good at guessing what I was going to be doing. I should have done something completely. Okay, close your eyes again. I'm going to stomp my feet. That's, that's what I should have done. Next service. I'll get them next service. But what happens? If you're not looking at the example, you have no idea what to do. And your best effort is going to be off. It's going to be a guess. It's going to miss the mark every time because there's no example that's set. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we, we start off looking at Jesus and he's like, hey, do as I do, okay? Like, like I'm the example. And then we feel like we get it. So like I, I could kind of close my eyes or take my eyes off of him and I'm still going to be able to clap and sink. I'm still going to be able to do and be, you know, who Jesus has called me to be, except there's a disconnect in that. It's literally impossible. You know, Jesus, he changes us. He intersects our life and he begins to, to change us into a new creation. But the thing about this process is it never stops. And I believe that Jesus is calling out to a lot of you in this place today. And maybe at some point you were, you were listening, your eyes were open, you were, you were in tune, you were in sync with him. And now you're out of sync. And, and I believe that Jesus is speaking to some of you today and he's saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at my example. Look at my heart for people. Look at my heart for you. I want you to forgive like I forgave. I want you to love like I loved. I want you to have grace like I had grace. I want you to keep going. 
I want you to, to keep your faith in me. It's kind of like Peter whenever he stepped out the boat onto the water and whenever he, his eyes were on Jesus, he was good. And then he, he took his eyes off at Jesus and he got all mixed up in, in what was going on around him. And at that point, he began to sink. I think some of you are in that place where he's like, no, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Look up. Look up. Don't look down. Don't get caught up in, in all the distractions, all the besetting sin. Keep moving forward. Keep your faith in me. Keep your eyes fixed. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, I know that you can't reconcile that loss with what you thought it was going to be. But you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author. He's the finisher. Keep moving. I know that change is difficult, but embrace it embrace it. And I believe for some of you today, you need to hear that. Because I know what it's like to be in this process of change and want to give up at times. Where, where you thought you would be, the destination, right? It looked so good. It looked so promising. But you know what you overlooked is the process. You overlooked the process. But I want to encourage you. Jesus is telling you today, I'm with you. I'm for you, I'm not against you. My grace is enough to get you through. The destination is worth it. So this month, I hope to, that, that, that through all the things that we speak about, that you are encouraged to stay in this process of change, not to grow weary in well-doing, not to say I started this journey and uh, you know, this whole thing of like sanctification and being changed into this image I'm not really that interested in that. I hope that you see that it's a byproduct of your faith, right? And we're going to deal with a few things this month. We're going to talk about whenever we meet Jesus, our desires are changed. Like our appetites is, is changed, okay? Our relationships change. They really do. Your perspective in your relationships change whenever you come into contact with Jesus. And then also our purpose is changed, our purpose as human beings, why we're on this planet, it changes whenever we meet Jesus. And it's exciting. It's not always the easiest, but I believe this. I believe that Jesus loves you where you are, but I also believe that he loves you too much to leave you where you are. All right? I have a six-year-old, right? And, and, and I love her where she's at. But I love her too much to allow her to stay as a six-year-old in her thinking as she gets older. Could you imagine? She's 15 years old, and I still treat her like she's six, and she still acts like she's six. What would you look at me and say? You're a horrible parent. <laughs> You're a bad parent. You don't love your kid. You're not preparing them to be a great part of society. She would still be my child. But guess what? Because she's my child, I want what's best for her. And let me tell you something. We are. We're a child of God, y'all. We just sang it. I am a child of God. But let me tell you something. God loves us too much to allow us to stay where we're at. He says, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. So we're going to be changed into his image. And the point of today is that whenever we are changed, everything we are and do changes. Everything that we are. Whenever we meet Jesus, we're changed and everything that we do and everything that we are changes and continues to grow and progress into something new. I want to wrap up today and, and read 2 Corinthians 3.18 again. Because it's so important that we, we stay focused in 
So all of us who have had that veil removed, some of you today, you haven't had that veil removed. You haven't placed your faith and your trust in God. But I believe that you will before you leave here today. All of us that have had that veil removed can see, and because we can see, we can reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his image. Not ours, not what we have built up in this, right? Not, in, not into the image of a God that we've created, but into his image. I want to share with you a story today. It's about three and a half minutes long. I wish I could show you the long version, but we don't have enough time of what it looks like when Jesus impacts somebody's life and what comes out of it. So let's go ahead and show that video. I grew up in a loving home with a wonderful mother. I had a wonderful brother and sister and we just had the best time. We had a really close-knit family. I grew up with my mom in the home and my adoptive father and my brother and my sister. Those childhood years were, were interesting. My adoptive father um, abused us uh, as children. We were victims of incest. And it's really hard to explain to people because there was still joy, but there was always that dark cloud hanging over your head. And those years left me feeling um, broken and unworthy, like damaged goods. The, the only thing I really wanted to do was to just get out of the house. And there weren't many ways to get out of the house back then in the 70s. You either got married or you went to college. And so I got married. I was 16 years old. We knew each other just for a few months and I was married by 17. He um, gave me three amazing children through that marriage. Unfortunately, um, that marriage did not last. And uh, then there was a second marriage and then a fourth child. And um, that marriage didn't last either. And I just was at a point in my life where I thought, what else? There has to be something better. Those deep biblical roots from childhood began to call me. My grandfather was an awesome man. And he used to tell me, one of these days, he would say, you are going to listen to God and you're gonna do great things. And I knew that something had to give and something had to change. So I began to pray. I began to ask God to just help me find a church. I wanted to know Him and I wanted my life to be different. One day I was on my way to work and I noticed the Long Beach campus of Northwood being built. And I thought, hmm, it's awfully close to my house. I said, you know, Lord, is this going to be it? So I pulled up the website and I watched a message. And that message was just for me. And I just wept and I said, God, I hear you loud and clear and I'm gonna go. And I knew when I walked in that day that I was home. Man, I just felt so free and so light. I was finally able for the first time in my whole life to forgive all that needed to be forgiven. I was finally able to find true peace. I was finally able to love. He healed the deepest, darkest corners of my heart. He truly made me whole. I see myself now as happier than I've ever been in my whole life. 
blessed, loved, cherished, healthy, and whole, and so thankful to be a part of helping anyone else that is broken and suffering and sad find their freedom because there's hope. Come on. When we meet Jesus, everything about us changes. And it doesn't matter the depth of sin, the depth of your experience, the the shame that you're carrying, the fear, none of that matters. It doesn't matter what happened last night. None of those things matter. Because whenever we come to Jesus, humbly and broken, he never turns us down. That's what the Bible says, that his grace is sufficient. His blood, his grace, it covers a multitude of sin, all of it. This is the good news. This is the the truth. And today, I believe some of you are in a place where you said, you're, you're saying it's time to say yes, to follow Jesus and to begin this journey of change. So right here, wherever you're at, I'm not gonna bring him to the front or or embarrass you in any way, but I am gonna ask you in a moment to make a decision to follow Jesus. I think it's so important to draw a line in the sand and say, today is the day where I'm meeting Jesus and I'm laying down all that I am before him, surrendering my life to him. The Bible says if you believe in Jesus, you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's, it's, It's that easy. Put your faith in Jesus today. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? If you're in your place and that's you, you're in this place, I, I'm gonna say a prayer and I, I don't need you to repeat after me, but I want you to include yourself in this prayer. Maybe even say your own prayer to God. Some of you are making the first decision to follow Jesus. Others are making uh, sort of like a recommitment to follow him today. Let's pray and let's let God change us from the inside out. God, I come before you right now. I'm humble. I am broken. I am at the end of myself. And today I realize that I don't have what it takes to be who I'm supposed to be, to attain that that level of perfection. And today, God, I realize that, that, yeah, I don't have what it takes, but Jesus did what needed to be done for me. And right now I receive the free gift of salvation. I thank you, God, for the grace that you give to cover my sin, to cover my shame, and to make me right with you through Jesus Christ. I thank you for the cross where Jesus died, shed his blood for me to pay the price for my sin. I receive it today, and God, today I walk out of this place a new creation on a journey. God, I pray that you change me into something different, into something better, into something that you can use for your glory, not my own. I thank you, and I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for every single person in this room? If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. 
If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.